with a brighter future than Tomorrowland, it's Cape Crisis, the weekly comic book podcast on the Laser Time Network, hosted by me, Henry Gilbert, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter, and I'm your favoritest host on the Laser Time Network. Why don't we just start off? Oh, there no, we there we go, okay. There it is. Yeah. And How dare you slander Tomorrowland having never seen it? It's uh, a good genre movie. Have you seen it? No. Okay. I, uh, but I've done more work regarding Tomorrowland, which you will see the fruits of soon. And, and yeah, that's I, I, Chris Antista talking, regular co-host. And it's a two-man show this week. I already did put up an article on... Uh, oh, yeah. What was it? Uh, the Tomorrowland film Disney made 50 years ago. It's so beautiful, and it's been mm-hmm. lost to time. I happen to have it on a DVD with a very, very small mm-hmm. printing that went into print like 10 years ago. And if you're ever really... <laughs> you'll know Chris is really down on his luck if he sells that. No, never. Uh, never. never. No, like, absolutely never. Like You'd kill yourself before that. Well, it's not just that, like, you can get the... It's, I can't get that anywhere. You can't download it. You can't... Uh, mm-hmm. You can barely steal it. Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, those those Disney treasure sets are exactly that to me. They, they are a treasure. treasure. They made sure they were actually rare. Uh, but, because yeah. Disney, Disney owning Marvel and Star Wars is all about making all the old things available. However, the things that Disney has owned forever, it does not give a fuck about getting back out to the public. <laughs> Well, Tomorrowland definitely feels from a different era when Disney, before Disney bought Marvel and Star Wars, sure. and were just like, eh, let's try to make these into action films, the stuff we already have, this old ride. Mm-hmm. It worked for Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. We can do it with Tomorrowland. And it was number one at the box office, but people are still treating it like it's the, like it's a John Carter. I'm seeing lots of John Carter comparisons. Oh, Tomorrowland, yes. yes. I've I, I heard it's, a, I was fucking floored to see mm-hmm. it was underwhelming. Um, yeah. I was I was looking forward to going there. I was going to try and write my, write my first movie review for later time which is something i promised myself i'd never do but But i also read these sad interviews with um well not sad but these interesting interviews with brad bird where he said he was literally offered star wars but turned it down because he's like well star wars will happen without me Mm -hmm. if i am not if i'm not there star wars will happen if i'm not with tomorrowland it won't happen i have to make sure tomorrowland happens and so he know. saw it through. Some of the criticisms I'd read is that it, it seems to be poising itself a little too much as a larger series. Yeah. And that uh, a couple things don't actually happen until the end of the film. That presumption can be a real turnoff if For it doesn't real. work. Yeah. And but also it, more profitable. Yeah. But Brad Bird also said he's working on Incredibles 2 and he wants to make one more return to... What is it, Hank? Iron Giant. Well, I'll give you a both a buzzer and a clang. Um, it's it, he wants to return a two D animation, oh, like an Iron Giant. That would be amazing. I don't know. I don't think he can because that's a I, Warner who Brothers. Who would give him? Well, not Disney. Iron Giant, but would Disney actually fund? Had a he 2D succeeded film in by if Tomorrowland succeeds, I'm sure he can do it every once. Yeah, but I mean, oh, he's not. He doesn't. He's not under contract by Disney. Did no, he? but I mean, it's who would else would do a two D film with him? Like, I think he's the only person who could do it. They yeah. would say from the director of Incredibles and Ghost Prot. No, he's that big. Like he's uh, he's the who is he of our generation? Is he the American Miyazaki? Is that what we'd say? Um, I think if you saw if you saw Iron Giants, you'd you'd might think I'm not saying you haven't seen Iron Giant. Obviously, I, I would. I was initially ready to call him the Spielberg of animation. Uh huh. 
Yeah, and, that's uh, a good one. I wish I wish you kids were a little younger and got to grow up with a Spielberg. Somebody who could do no wrong until they did. But that Iron Giant is like Miyazaki-esque. It very, it it's is. an American Miyazaki film. But Incredibles film. is not. No, it is not. Um, neither is Ghost Protocol. <laughs> Ghost Protocol. I love the, in Ghost my Protocol. Opinion, the first great or even really good Mission Impossible movie. It is great. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, what people don't get is that it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. Like it is, It's a Warner Brothers cartoon, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Everything breaks. Everything yeah. Every everything came straight from Acme. Yeah, everything that could go wrong does. Yeah, really interesting take. Speaking of Disney rides, wanted to mention this that I saw in the news, Chris. Figment Marvel's fig. Oh, so did you see that there was a five point five earthquake in uh, Tokyo last week? I did, and it was. uh, Did you know that it disrupted things at Tokyo Disney Sea? So I saw on our favorite ride from Tokyo Disney Mm Sea, the journey to the center of the Earth. When the earthquake comes, every ride stops Mm -hmm. and so this group of people stopped at the apex of about going over and they were stuck there for like two hours and then they just had to walk out off they couldn't even a bunch of them tweeted pictures of the hidden stairs next to the roller (laughs) coaster really neat well i mean legally they probably have to have those hidden stairs there you know oh for sure but it's just awesome i mean because you can see them on old wooden roller coasters yep um they're all out in the open those i'm more scared of what that oh man that drop is amazing because i didn't see that coming before i went in i don't know if you did how you know the drop is outside when it seems like you've been underground the entire time yeah and see the air i was like what what very gradually and if you it's called journey to the center of the earth mm-hmm. so in the jewels the most amazing section of any theme park i've ever been in mainly because i'm a big Twenty Thousand leagues in the sea fan that that area is so cool yeah. but it looks you could easily i could blindfold you and say you're going on the gears of war ride <laughs> uh and yeah, yeah a bunch wow. of a bunch of centipedes with orange glowing spots um that's so true uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so now it's time for the always fun "What You Been Reading" segment. What you been reading? What you been reading? What you been? Uh, this is me trying to what come up with a jingle. What you been reading? Reading. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, did you read much of anything this week? Yes. <gasps> yeah. Well, yes, I did. <laughs> I did. Thanks to uh, Sean C. He hooked oh. me up with uh, some codes. That, digital codes. That person is cool. To new Secret Wars stuff. I also I also started oh, uh, cool. I like Jupiter's Legacy, a comic I picked up with you on Free Comic Day. I uh-huh. finally picked it up. Wait, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. So um, your Marvel books. M- the Marvel books, uh, I got. I read um, Old Man Logan number one, mm-hmm. which is kind of insane. It, it starts out like a fairly direct sequel to the Old Man Logan. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, shit, do we have to catch everybody up on what, what's happening? In- Old Man Logan is one possible future where Wolverine is an old man who said he would never withdraw his claws again. Yes. Uh, but then he's pulled out, much like in Unforgiven, he's mm-hmm. pulled back into the fray. And By has a to family become of Hulks! Yes, the, <laughs> a family of inbred Hulks. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's a really, that's a great read. This is like a it just it's starting out very clearly like a sequel to that like an awesome world where people wear costumes that resemble superheroes they don't even remember uh-huh. um doesn't he find the head of ultron he does find the head a head of an ultron because uh-huh. ultron is in old man logan mm-hmm. as like a butler bot kind well, of apologetic and, but it's also in battle world so they probably talk about doom god and all that stuff. well where did this skull come from henry because they don't really they didn't mention i'm still very unclear what battle world is where secret wars is going and then eventually it's just like yeah this is part of this sequel to old man logan is part of battle world mm-hmm. and i love thinking about battle world as a place where marvel's most profitable storylines go to live forever <laughs> were you profitable enough that you get yeah, to exist a weird disneyland where you yeah. visit it's all 
Old Man Logan world. Well, there was a side... Step over here for the Dark Phoenix Saga ride. Woo-hoo-hoo! There is... Uh, that's kind of a metatextual reference, which reminds me of an Ecstatics miniseries mm. they did after the series got canceled. Mm. They did one starring the character Dead Girl. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to come back to life, and she's trying to bring back other characters to life. And she meets Doctor Strange, and she says, well, people come back to life all the time. Why can't we? And then Doctor Strange in so many words, says, well, you have to be popular enough to receive the call to come back to life, Ooh. and I don't know if you are yet. So Ooh. it's it was, uh, yeah, I like that. That was one of the many metatextual things that were in the ecstatics universe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was really neat to see a return. I mean, that's just a really, I like an old Wolverine. That's a great book. I don't know it's how. It's a real fun book. But it wasn't saying that it's all like right around the end. It's like, what the fuck? I'm gonna go talk to someone in Battle World. Like, holy shit! Uh-huh. Uh, how does I, I don't know if I'll keep because I think it's a five issue arc. Yeah, um, that's kind of. I'm not long. sure if I'll keep up with it. Is for like trying to keep up with stuff like mm-hmm. that. I, you know how poor we are. Donate, <laughs> Laser Time Podcast. Well, hey man, donate. if people want to send um, me codes too, I'm I'm very open to that. Um, well, I have some codes, and I'm just keep needing to prod you about ways to give them away okay um, alright but we did have some co- I have codes for unlocking vision and Marvel superheroes if anybody wants them too at reply me or tell me in the comments guys a boy um yeah, and uh, I also read the other Secret Wars tie-in, Modoc Assassin. Oh, see, that was the one I really wanted to read because I also it, I had read that it's one of the most connected to Secret Wars. Is like it? it? It explains more stuff. It, it than shows a lot, did. a lot of other areas that I hadn't heard announced. Uh, Modoc presides over Killville. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I love Modoc. Just on the skirts of whatever House of M world is. Right, but right. They, but he touches upon a lot of the different worlds and how they all figure in, and he gets a visit from who I think confu- I've confused with Doctor Strange. I was like Baron Mordo. Yeah, Baron Mordo. Mordo. Mor- he's uh, he's basically the Joker to Doctor Strange. Yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was that shit looks really fun. Like a yeah, comic that's... centered around an uh, he's not necessarily and it's the first thing he does is take out an actual assassin mm-hmm. because all he can think about is killing people but getting <laughs> into the head of Modoc and rooting for him and his fucking like Herman Munster purple floating car is just absolute hy- absolutely hysterical it's very uh, funny I love that I, I gotta read this I mean I, I you know I knew old man Logan was gonna be that's gonna be cool it can't not be cool I already yeah. like that where that's set but like I'm, it surprised me in a great way very fucking colorful ah do I love a colorful book mm-hmm. oh what I, what I well I, I was gonna go into Jupiter's Legacy which looks fucking I read the first uh, issue uh-huh. looks fucking awesome well so it's written by Mark Miller the writer of the original Old Man Logan and the art is by Frank Quietly one mm-hmm. of my top five favorite artists right mm-hmm. now he he rarely does much work and uh, interior work and so him doing an in, an image book with Mark Miller mm-hmm. is a big deal it's but it, what's it about it is about um, starts out in 1932 in Morocco um, mm-hmm. if you've seen Casablanca that was one of the few ways you could uh, travel freely when the mm-hmm. Nazi it's uh, not 1932 is not the year but I mean, the Nazis were getting going but uh, Morocco was a travel point according to Casablanca so I'm gonna right. tie them together but more more about something they all find a secret place and um doesn't show you how doesn't show you why but saying that like they're all in search of and find a secret place that gives all these human beings superpowers and instead of showing what their life is like it skips right up to the present a world where their children are genetically endowed with these very superpowers but have to follow in the footsteps of their famous parents 
and know. maybe are, aren't necessarily listless and filled with ennui, but like it's they're living in the sh- they're like Frank Sinatra juniors. <laughs> They'll never live up to. Oh, uh, that's great! I like that. Yeah, and it's a land of uh, accepted superheroes, endorsement deals, and even old superheroes. Like, they, like they were driven to find this from a vision they had to save themselves from the depression uh, because they thought America was an idea worth protecting. And very true to what Miller normally does, mm-hmm. it's now the present, and he's like, why the fuck? Really, like the politicians are better, like no better than what we know. Like we, <laughs> like we just seem like weird, uh, weird, weird spectacles in a world where we can't actually change anything. We're sideshow freaks. That's uh, kind of like the authority saying, like, no, we, well, do they decide to affect change on, yeah. on America? Then they but change their minds. What I also read about comics, but not a comic, was a great article on. I, I just happened to come upon on Vulture. And I think it's called something along the lines of the secret origin or history of the Marvel Ultimate Universe. Oh. And why it's coming to a close. And it was just a great, great, great fucking read. Like, almost everybody declined to uh, be a part of it, with the exception of a couple Marvel execs. And and Bendis. Bendis Bill Jameis? Was he uh, part of it? Yeah, he was. Ah. Um, Well, because he he was a big uh, proponent of the Marvel Ultimate Universe, but he also left the company in... Mm -hmm. He was uh, reportedly difficult to work with, and Mm -hmm. so he, he left the company a while back. But Bill Jameis was a big proponent of it, so... I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that he would talk because he's no longer with Marvel. But, yeah. Uh, well, it was uh, um, Miller. I didn't. He didn't return. I, he didn't talk. But it was funnier. Is Jeff Loeb said he would talk mm-hmm. if they wouldn't talk about Ultimates Three. <laughs> and they said he, nope because uh, um, he knows it's awful. He knows. Well, that, I, I never heard his take on that uh-huh. it, because it, it he was. He knows he did bad work. Like, well, but it also frames it as as to a point where the whole point of Ultimates, uh-huh. which is like we've said a billion times, but is reiterated in the article a thousand times. Like the the Ultimates, the Ultimate read the Ultimates, and that is the Avengers movies you see on screen. They're not yeah. superheroes uniting for a common cause. They're united by Shield and a character that looks like Nick Fury. They embody all the characteristics of the Ultimate Universe, with the exception of Captain America. Yeah, I mean, um, I'd say they're eighty percent Ultimate Universe. But that was, but he also talked in well, one like the idea of starting it up. It's it's. it's it's the problem I have with uh, a lot of DC stuff. Like, I want to jump into this universe, mm-hmm. uh, but it's fucking complicated. And it's, it was just as complicated when you sent me in my little renaissance of comic books about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also very hard, unless they were little, like, side stories or, let's say, Elseworld books or self-contained. It was difficult. You can't just jump into issue 480 and expect yeah. to know what's happening with Spider-Man. But I got, I was able to do that along with you because I did have the Ultimate Universe as a fallback, which carefully traces, not only traces the actual origins of most of the Marvel characters but places in a modern universe that's easy to understand with language that isn't silly yeah Uh, though uh, well and they didn't have 40 years of stuff mm -hmm. to reflect upon though as as Brett and I have said on this show before the problem that faced the ultimate universe was once they did have continuity after 10 years it was as confusing as Marvel itself and that's why I think we can excuse Loeb for what he had done is because the the whole point of the ultimate universe was get to get a better jumping on point for people who already have a vested interest in in these characters Mm -hmm. but not necessarily 50 years of continuity. You know, and then eventually they had years of continuity. And the mm. only way to keep that universe going was distinguishing themselves, i.e. Ultimates 3. Yeah. Which I, I understand why it rubbed people the wrong way, but it was trying... Like, the Ultimates has 
a purpose beyond just being another line of Marvel comics. Uh, well, once... But uh, being a separate universe entirely. At about the halfway point of the Ultimate Universe, mm-hmm. they decided, let's just kill... We can't have doppelgangers. Yeah. Let's just kill off the doppelgangers Ultimate, and focus they on talk characters about that aren't that. Ultimatum. And I didn't read a lot of Ultimatum outside of it's Ultimate... garbage. Well, I, I liked... I read it through Ultimate Spider-Man, That's which was good. awesome. That's really good. And, yes. and part of it was talking about the there's there were two people, two writers responsible for the success of the Ultimate line, and that's Bendis and uh, Mark Miller. Yep. And but he also like it was fascinating because he lays out the differences of their approach. Because mm-hmm. Bendis was just really focused on like no like he has a great quote from it that is just like this is just this is already Shakespeare and it's just about how you reinterpret things yeah. and like I didn't have to do my, but like Miller was always like I'm going to turn these characters on its head I'm going to make them question themselves who they are what they actually would behave like in modern times and Captain America is kind of a patriotic psychopath Minutemen Tea Partier in his version and like a lot of that I'm reading Jupiter's that Legacy. Is, uh-huh. And then a lot of that, that is who Mark Miller is. Like, oh, yeah. He's, challenging the mythos. Well, he's a, he loves the mythos and mm-hmm. challenges it at the yeah. same time. And he is a high concept guy. Yeah. He thinks in big concepts. That's why a lot of his stuff gets turned into movies or mm-hmm. option for movies, too, mm-hmm. because they work as a movie pitch as well. Yeah. You just need to share with somebody. There's one called Superior. Oh, and I, uh, I saw Kingsman this weekend too and it is fucking amazing alright I'll watch it it is so good well you know I am definitely going to read that Vulture article Mm -hmm. but you know what I read this week Uh, first off I read some more of Private Eye which again as my Hank's Corner pick of the week you guys got to read that you gotta check it out you can pay as little as a penny pay more than that though guys (laughs) come on Uh, and then also I I read uh, as prep for another secret podcast that's Mm -hmm. not on the Laser Time Network I read all of the Legend of Zelda Link to the Past manga, which I, I hadn't read, read since so 19, bad. I hadn't read it since 1992. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, it still is a beautiful book. Shitoru yes. Ishinomori is an amazing artist who also rarely got to work in full color, and sure. it looks beautiful. It's a kids comic in an but even kiddier magazine. Yes, and it isn't relocalized. It's the original writing too. So you're like, yes, yeah, right. It kind of sucks. Though there is a great part where you know in Link to the Past, there's mm-hmm. the three pendants at the start mm-hmm. and Link just grabs one of the pendants and he says you may th- you think you can beat me well now you're playing with the pendant of power <laughs> and though also it feels ru- like so like uh, oops so that's <laughs> what uh, so I meant to get in there so Link to the Past, the the comic too, also mm-hmm. just it's twelve stories long. So it was it was an entire year. It felt like an epic at the time reading it in Nintendo Power. Mm-hmm. But reading it all in one go, you realize, especially if you just played through some of Link to the Past, the game, and mm-hmm. refamiliarize yourself with it, you're like, you skipped four dungeons, dude. Okay. Like you just you. This feels so rushed in parts, but it's still it's an amazing thing to look at. And if you, I'd say you're you read the you, Mega Man comic, uh, the Archie one. No, yeah, it's really it's really cool. It does kind of the same thing, but also like takes the continuity of the game seriously and goes in the proper boss order. No, and I heard that um, <laughs> I read a very positive review of it, saying that it's it actually really gets into like PTSD mm-hmm. stuff for Mega Man, mm-hmm. and and also the newest worlds. No, it's not Worlds Collide. It's the sequel to it, mm-hmm. but Worlds Combine, I think it is, oh, or boy. something where it's gonna be those companies probably should it's bigger Sega and Capcom stuff it's not just Mega Man yeah, and yeah. Sonic it's guys from bit more Sega games and, so- and we're talking Capcom Cream games. and uh, <laughs> Dynamic Cop uh-huh. <laughs> Dynamite, Dynamite Cop. Oh, a beautiful joke. Yeah, Dynamite. everybody, all I wanna, the greats. I want to say bad and obscure characters when I'm running out of. 
any uh, guy from Final Fight. Might be there. But yeah, you know what? Why not buy it through a link on Amazon to our page? And Helps out, people. D- and it's an amazing republish thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the right size. Like, it's it's an oversized book. It's hard to fit on the shelf. Uh, then I also read Velvet Volume 2, which just came out. The Ooh, next five issues of Velvet. I, let me borrow. So I, I will. I will. Mm-hmm. I should have brought it with me today. It's stupendous. I love... Velvet is such a great book. Yeah. Velvet, in case you don't know, it's it's written by Ed Brubaker, mm-hmm. drawn by Steve Epting, the team that made the death of Captain America slash Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Like, they're awesome. They're an awesome team, and so now they're doing their own original thing. Sexy espionage in the 60s is, and 70s. It's a 60s espionage thing that presupposes... What if James Bond is killed, mm-hmm. and then they have then people blame Money Penny for it, and then Money Penny reveals she's been a badass secret agent the entire time yeah. who took a desk job, yeah. and she's on the run. It's great, like especially because Velvet is a great character. She's the main character, and she's she's a woman over forty who's very resourceful. Mm-hmm. Who's and it's it's it totally reminds me of classic spy films, a bit great yes, old spy like, films because she's going all around Europe, like sneaking onto trains. Yeah. Yeah. And boats to go to Copenhagen and to the, Zurich to uh, infiltrating uh, high level cocktail parties using badass sweet like like James Bond movie. It is the best way I can describe it is sexy. Yeah, it is oh, very, it's very sexy, sexy and even sexier because Velvet is. <laughs> she's a well, I wouldn't say cougar. That's almost a. She's got a gray streak. She's great. I love I love her uh, white streak of hair. It's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. No, definitely you guys need to read Velvet. It, volume one's only nine ninety nine, probably cheaper on Amazon. On if you mm-hmm. buy it for like two, uh, and <laughs> lastly, I was saving this comic I read for last because I worry the DC fans are not going to like my opinion. Oh, but because well, I, read about I had nothing to read. I, I I should have bought Modoc, but I didn't get any Marvel stuff this mm-hmm. week. The only new book I got was Convergence number eight, the final, the finale to Convergence. Mm-hmm. And it made little sense to me. Well, it looks it, insane. Yeah, it is insane. And what it does is insane. But before we get into spoilers, let me just say, like, what I didn't like about it, it reminded me of 90s comics in the worst way, in that it's all dialogue. Like, mm. shit doesn't happen. They're just explaining what happens. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, very... There's so many assumptions you have to make. And one of the worst things is, like, there's a plot development that is a this-changes-everything plot development. Mm-hmm. And you don't see it. A character just says, oh, they did it. Boom. And that's it. Like, you don't... Like, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and okay, so spoiler time. But you probably read about it anyway because it was such a big development. And it's going to set the status quo for everything to come. So Convergence undid... Crisis. Right? Every crisis. Mm-hmm. That includes Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. There is a multiverse, and so this okay, this kind of drives me crazy. And it, as we've complained before mm-hmm. on this show, that DC hits the reset button so many times. They've mm-hmm. done it so many times. We are four years into the new Fifty Two, mm-hmm. and they have half pressed it again. Now the new Fifty Two universe still exists, and those stories will continue in their own books. Mm-hmm. But they hit a one of the biggest reset buttons they've ever hit because by undoing Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. which to give you a quick history, Crisis on Infinite Earths Please. destroyed the multiverse and made only one world. Mm-hmm. Zero Hour made it so there were op- different timelines, but still only one universe. Fi- the Crisis Infinite Crisis. Oh Made it so there were 52 new Earths, but they weren't the old Earths. They were they looked like the old Earths, but they were new continuities. Mm-hmm. Final Crisis 
made it so people knew about the multiverse. New 52 and Flashpoint meant that there was only one world again, and then Earth 2, and those were in there, they slowly started to introduce multiple worlds, mm-hmm. but there weren't that many. This makes it goes all the way back to Infinite Cri- Crisis on Infinite Earths mm-hmm. with, and stops the multiverse from being destroyed. There's always been the multiverse. Every story counts. They went from having, from saying no previous continuity counts, mm-hmm. we're freeing ourselves from it. Now they're saying everything counts. Everything quote unquote happened mm-hmm. and can be returned to. They're not closing the door on anything. And I did like the spirit of something I saw in a but day. Is that, is that, I thought still their, their reasoning for doing this was so that, yeah, all this continuity can exist, but it, it doesn't have to inform every comic we make. Well, they don't have to. Uh, a comic they make doesn't have to recognize it. Yeah. Like, even if it exists, they don't have to have Superman say, oh, yeah, I'm one of, like, 30 Superman or something. Yeah. Like, that would distract you. But so, yeah, it's, it, it was what was confusing when I was talking about was. Mm-hmm. So the way they undo it. Mm-hmm. Is that Brainiac's agent Telos mm-hmm. sends back in time? Also, <laughs> characters, there's time travel, and that's like the first of its most confusing thing. Mm-hmm. And they bring back all these time travel characters who just appear in three panels. And I only know who Wave Rider is because I read Zero Hour. I don't know who knows who Wave Rider is <laughs> otherwise. But anyway, Brainiac sends back in time Barry Allen to die in, in, in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm. Supergirl to die in Crisis on Infinite Earths. So they have to pull out their own things. But then they also send back Parallax and Earth-195 Superman. My brain is gasping for air. They send back all those people <laughs> to make sure Crisis on Infinite Earths ends differently with no destruction of the multiverse. And when they do that, they just say it happens off screen. Like, they couldn't decide how exactly it happened. Oh, so probably, they just teleport away. Doesn't that forecast then, another book, I'm guessing? I guess, but it's just so dumb. This is the thing that resets the entire history <laughs> of the DC multiverse. And all you see is you somebody sending them away mm-hmm. and then saying, Oh, they did it. The multiverse is back. Boom! And that's it like that sucks i still think it's fairly similar to the stuff marvel does for their i'm not saying marvel doesn't do that like they also have like three panel discussions of stuff like we talked about already how confusing secret wars is like Mm -hmm. it is really confusing they throw a million characters at you and all these battle worlds are based on continuity you have to know a shitload about to even recognize like so yeah it's totally similar but i'm just saying like i do think Secret Wars, what we've read of it so far, feels like a contemporary book. Convergence feels old to me, and it also doesn't feel like an A-plus artist on it. Like, the art looks so 90s, too, and it's... But it's it's it was okay, mm-hmm. but it was just so confusing to me. And really, the new status quo just means that they're going to publish books, some that take place in the new 52-verse, mm-hmm. and some that will take place wherever they feel like it. Well, and I kind of like that they had that I luxury, like that. right? I like that. And I'm looking forward to reading, like, I've pre-ordered now on uh, Comixology multiple DC books just to give them a try in the first month to be like, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to read the new status quo for Superman, I'll read the new status quo for Batman, and uh, and Green Lantern, and one, oh, and the Justice League. Yes. I'll read all those and I'll see People, what's going please, on. please, Cantista on Twitter, I want to hear your recommendations. I don't like reading... I don't like not reading as much DC as I'm used to, but obviously times are a little tight. Yeah. Uh, but um, but I was waiting for Convergence also, to end to really jump into the new stuff. Uh, pirating. Don't say that, Chris. I don't know. I might. I might. But let me just talk yeah, to I'm, I'm going to give those new things a look. I am going to give those new books a look. Mm-hmm. I, I will. I want to give DC more of a try. But I want to yeah, jump in on the 
Because um, I, I, I do convert, believe... And, and of course, I want to read Black Canary. The new Black Canary mm-hmm. book looks fantastic. Well, someone And someone posted on Facebook a new panel from uh, Batgirl, and it was so video game inspired. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. It was great. Uh, 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 and then lastly, uh, I didn't read it, but I watched it. The Supergirl pilot leaked. Oh, my. Uh, and I watched the entire thing. It leaked mm-hmm. onto the internet. Some people are saying it was such good quality... That it was like a secret leak from Warner to like test. Oh, it was 1080p. Yeah, it was 1080p and didn't have a thing on it that said, this is a screener, don't share this. It didn't have any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so some people are theorizing that Warner or CBS just did it as a test screening of sorts to the internet. See how many times it gets downloaded, see what people are saying about it. And also, you know, with pilots, they're not done until they air. Like, they could actually change the pilot a bit by the time it airs. It's an okay pilot. I think Ann had pointed out they did that with the Constantine Constantine got a big rewrite. Yeah, Yeah, after it leaked and people complained about it. Because people said, this character sucks. Mm -hmm. This one character sucks. So... I didn't feel I didn't feel super negatively about any super any Supergirl. Mm-hmm. I think some people aren't going to like that. It is a romantic comedy. Like mm-hmm. it's thirty percent, forty percent a romantic comedy, <laughs> and that romance is between Jimmy Olsen and Supergirl. And the other weird thing I will oh also you maybe don't even need to watch it because mm-hmm. if you watch that six minute trailer I put on the site, that mm-hmm. is the condensed version of the entire pilot from mm-hmm. beginning to end. Wow. But you will get to see more of the fight scenes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. But the thing they're setting up for it is is weird. The the status quo is a little weird to me. And also it doesn't make they have to talk around the name Superman so much. I think it feels to me like they had an edict from on high that's mm-hmm. like you can only say Superman once in this episode. Mm-hmm. Any other time when, when people would say, oh, you're like Superman. Or you're like this. They'd say like, oh, that's uh, his thing. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, oh, yeah, you hear about the big guy? Or, yeah, I think the big guy likes me. Oh, your cousin. Like, they all just talk around that shit. They don't actually say Superman, which, dude, come on. Like, say Superman. Some people are implying that it takes place, it does take place in the movie universe, mm-hmm. the Man of Steel universe, just 10 years in the future. Because it takes... Because Superman finds Kara's Zor-El a few years into his career, the Man of Steel career, and then hires her. You see, you never get, never get even like a two-thirds shot of Superman. Mm. But you see enough of him to suggest it is his Man of Steel costume. Mm. Anyway, I've been thinking, I don't know, would you? Would people buy a commentary track of us watching that pilot? I don't know. I don't know, Henry. Maybe. Uh, tell me on Twitter, guys. I do that or we all get jobs. Yeah, I don't want that. Uh, but So that's it for what you've been reading and watching. I feel like it's time for a break, don't you, Chris? Me too, Hank. All right, so when we come back, a lot of news to talk about, including more and more leaks from the Suicide <laughs> Squad set, and the comic of my dreams just got better, and also uh, your answers to last week's question of the week.
Hello, everybody, and welcome to the break of episode 139 of Cape Crisis, and I appreciate all of you listeners for giving me a listen and all that stuff, and also for going to lasertime.bandcamp.com and buying the commentary tracks on there. They've, you know, they've really made it a little smoother, this transition into working on Laser Time full-time uh, after leaving my previous employer, and, you know, a lot of things could help us out at this time. Obviously, you can buy stuff on Amazon through the links on our webpage. There's ones on this week's episode, but there's also a whole Amazon new releases article we do each week. But you buy anything through Amazon, and it's the lowest price because you're buying it on Amazon, and a little bit of money comes our way at no extra cost to you. So really, you want to buy it through there. And again, also, lasertime.bandcamp.com. You can buy commentaries there. That really helps support me. And you can review and rate this on iTunes. That really helps the visibility, too. And, you know, tell a friend. Tell people, if you if you know a friend who like comics, tell them, give this a listen. This guy is not stupid. He doesn't have an annoying voice. Tell them, tell them whatever lie you need to tell them to get them to listen to this show. Uh, all that would really help out. And now it's time for the Hank's Corner pick of the week. This week's pick, I talked about it in the Watchmen Reading section, but I will reiterate it. Velvet. Velvet is such a great book. There are two volumes in now. It is amazing. If you read The Death of Captain America or the Winter Soldier books by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting, this is that same team doing a new story of intrigue and mystery and conspiracies and spies and violence and sex, all that stuff. It's a great, great book. If you love classic Bond stuff like hardcore Bond books... It, it is of that variety. It is such a great series. And they're already up to the two volumes collecting the first 10 issues. You can get both of those on Amazon through links on this episode page on lasertimepodcast.com. And you buy them through us again. A little bit of money comes our way. And it's the cheapest price for you anyway. So please do all that. And now back to the rest of the show. Welcome back to episode 139 of Cape Crisis, and uh, I want to remind—I want to let you guys know—I posted an article this <gasps> week that I think our listeners will really be interested in. So everybody knows Stan Lee appears in a lot of Marvel films. What? Uh, in cameo roles, 23 to be exact. Oh, I'm definitely gonna tweet about this. Thanks, Stan. And I <laughs> also on that on that clip, he says. You know, all these kids like all my cameos. Oh, all my cameos. I think I have them. Uh, but, so I've ranked. Hi, I'm Stan Lee, and I am so excited about the fact. <laughs> That's not it at all. Right. Don't try this at home, kids. Woo-wee! <laughs> right. uh, but anyway, I took all 23 and ranked them from worst to best. Is this the spotlight? I well this will this oh, will God, go God. into the spotlight Chris, but first let me say uh, I do want to play the worst because it is like the look Stanley's not a good actor. What? And you need to handle they him seem correctly. They enjoy my cameos in the movies and 
<laughs> we don't enjoy all your cameos, Stan. No. But you're a 90-year-old man who usually has to do most of his acting sitting down. So his worst one, actually his three worst are all are all from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. Mm. In the first two, he's just a guy who looks up and goes like, Ugh! and then yeah. like he's on screen for less than a second. Yeah. But then they did his most indulgent one in three, which is, oh boy, oh boy. Let's, let's see here. You know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said. Ugh. The worst. Ugh. The worst. Like, just to have him say <laughs> one of his slogans and... Just, it seems like, like Sam Rainey was treating that as like this. This will be the last Stanley cameo because it's mine. Yeah, and the last time I'll be doing this, so I'm going to throw that cliched horse shit at the screen. He's going to say enough said because he'll definitely said. be dead enough by the end of this time comes out. Uh, yeah, it it was weird choice that he went from being just a one second screen dude mm-hmm. to then to then having the like kind of the first dialogue in Spider Man Three or close to it. Uh, but then he also one of my favorites is in Fantastic Four, which is a terrible film. <laughs> and honestly, his acting's not that great in it either, but it does take us to this week's Superhero Spotlight. Oh, let me play the Superhero Spotlight. Collect your hero. All right, so uh, go to the Fantastic Four. Welcome back to the Baxter, Dr. Richards. I've got the usual for you. Good to have you back, sir. Thanks, Willie. Yes. Yeah, so... He is an, a mailman giving mail to Dr. Richards, and he's just the saying, be- like, welcome best, back to the Baxter building. The best one is from, was it the original Hulk movie, Ang Lee Hulk movie, which is oh, just yeah. one second clip of him, like, in the distance, yelling at in you, Lou Ferrigno's deaf ears. Yeah, they're both walking out of a building. That both one, security guards. As I said in the article, it felt like Ang Lee just said, let's, let's get this shit done. Like, Wait, both ha- of them done now. Uh, it like, seems like you have to do this. I have to do this? Uh-huh. Why? Well, same with when he said, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, I felt like Ang Lee didn't want him to say that. Mm-hmm. That's a dumb line. Just mm-hmm. shoehorned in. Ang Lee was not made for the superhero franchise. That scene with as him as mailman seems innocuous and stupid, but is one of my favorites because he's actually playing an incontinuity Marvel character, what? not just some nobody or Stan Lee. What he's playing. <laughs> He's playing, he said Willie, uh-huh. he's playing Willie Lumpkin, the Fantastic Force mailman who has been a recurring Fantastic Four character since 1963. Jesus, really? Yeah, his superpower is that he can wiggle his ears. And he is the... <laughs> um, For any, to any effect? No, he's, he's just an old man who well, delivers I mail. I so, admire it more. Yeah, Willie Lumpkin's just a funny old dude who is just a backup character who's appeared in a lot of joke stuff. He got, I think he at least got one of his own personal Marvel cards, too, which is where you got his power ratings, which are like all one except intelligence of two. And I thought that was normal human being status. <laughs> yeah. He, I'm a well, two. But he's a feeble old man. Here, let me read it here. The power grid is intelligence of two, strength of two, what? speed of two. So dur- I can be beaten up by Willie Lumpkin. Durability of two. Oh, no. well, I bet the Fantastic Four taught him some moves here. Uh, and then energy projection and fighting skills of one apiece. So if you have a two in fighting skills, you might get him in a, in a battle. <laughs> Which I don't. Uh-huh. Uh, but also, he has a strength level of a man his age, height, and build who engages in moderate regular exercise. 
but the here's boring the, side of the Marvel universe. Here's, I think, the, the thing you will. Will find, he make it through Secret Wars? I feel like he hasn't <laughs> appeared in a long time. Like, actually, let me. What was his most recent? Oh, Jesus! He last seen in Critical Care, given a week to live in the storyline. However, when the Fantastic Four learned of Willie's health, they came to visit, and Reed used a genius to shrink the team down size so they could remove the tumor themselves, saving Willie's life. Uh, let's see. You're gonna live forever, old man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! They had Willie taught sex education ah! to the to the young wards of the Future Foundation. Right, oh, so that you is take the moldy beef it's curtains and you so pot them with my mistake. All right, no but so, yeah, Willie was around a lot, but here's the last thing I think you'll find interesting about old Willie Lumpkin. Well, <laughs> I bet two, it will be. Two things. One, he dated Aunt May briefly in the in the Amazing Spider-Man. She's had more boyfriends than me. I can Aunt only. May. I can only name four. I can, and I That's will. That's what I said, and I will now. Her husband, J. J. Jonah Jameson Sr., Nate, We're the wheelchair-bound man. We're not going to count Ben. Come on. Okay, fine, Ben. Five then. Okay, Nate, the wheelchair-bound man who died when he got flung around by the vulture. Sounds funny. She almost married Doctor Octopus. Yes. Ben Parker, and then lastly, Willie Lumpkin. So five, five. boyfriends she's got. So yep. yes, definitely more than me. More girlfriends than I've had. <laughs> Thanks, and she's had more parts. Well, she's lived longer. Yeah, All this happened after she was seventy. Let's see how you'll do when you're eighty. Yeah. Well, um, but anyway, that was one of his things. But the other was that this I just found out today. Willie Lumpkin is actually older than the Fantastic Four in the real world. What? He was created by Stan Lee and Dan DiCarlo, who is a legend of Archie Comics. He drew. He's probably drawn more single issue comics than anyone else, or one of the most ever. Dan DiCarlo. He create him and him and Stanley created a post a, a comic strip about Willie Lumpkin, the post office guy, the the postman, and it was just a like week a daily comic strip they did for a few years, mm-hmm. and then it just got canceled, and so. Stan was like, ah, Willie Lumpkin, that's a good name. It'll be a funny in-joke or whatever. And so that's how he became part of the Marvel Universe. But he was a comic strip. I didn't even know Stan Lee worked on comic strips before the herbal Spider-Man comic strip. Wow, me neither. Uh, And then Stan goes on to play him in a film one time in one of his cameos in the Fantastic Four film. I wonder what Stan's cameo is going to be in the Fantastic Four movie. The uh, next one. Um, I wonder. Got to be sitting down. Is there is there any movie he didn't make a cameo in? Yes, actually. Uh, from Marvel ones, he wasn't in X-Men 2 or okay. X-Men First Class or the most recent X-Men Right, film. so the Fox ones. Or the Wolverine ones. He was in Last Stand and the first X-Men. Yes. Actually, his appearance in Last Stand, he appears, he cameos right next to Chris Claremont, who is a, an iconic yes. X-Men writer, so you get mm-hmm. double cameos there. That's the best reason I've ever had to revisit that film, and I still won't. It's <laughs> yeah, still won't. it's pr- still pretty funny I'm to see... I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Jesus it's Christ. It's still pretty funny to see Stan Lee react to the water flowing upwards. He's like, Whoa. Honestly, just read my article to see those, to see the funny still frames of Stan Lee. Did, also to see what's number one. Did you but, see the, the his deleted Guardians of the Galaxy cameo? Yeah, there? yeah, it was great. He was supposed to be sitting in the collector's uh, archive. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to flip the bird. And so yeah, flip the bird, and he he was too old to do it or, so, or too busy. So there's there's ah. just a picture of a Stan Lee lookalike standing 
and it looks perfect. Yeah, it looks perfect. <laughs> he can be Stanley even when we lose him. Ugh, We're I gonna lose him. So we're gonna, like it's just a. It's, he's it should be a he's in his clock. early nineties. Jesus yes. Christ, he is. All right, but anyway, so yeah, that is the superhero spotlight. Indeed. Yeah, let's close it. Collect your hero. Yeah. I uh, definitely <laughs> read that article. But okay, now it's time for the news, Chris. Mm-hmm. Beep boop beep. Time for news. Uh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, there we go. Uh, all right, so first off, you love Jaden Smith, Chris. Indeed. And I don't. Did you? Well, you've defended him before on here. I've said it's not, it's not fair for adults to pile on the mistakes of a, of a preteen. But anyway, will Jaden Smith be following his father into the DC universe? I tell you what, it never made any sense to me at all, given Will Smith's propensity to tamper and meddle and all the projects he's into play a small part. Or supporting part. A supporting part. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, uh, Suicide who, Squad. In Suicide Squad. He's Deadshot. Deadshot. If his son is cast is that's like that's the only reason I can think of he would he would yeah if he this. agreed to like well, I'll be in this but you gotta make my son the star of another I love DC that we, we can all hate it but as like somebody who will probably someday accidentally be a father it's a pretty fucking cool thing <laughs> to do like I don't care do it uh, like make sure my kid's cool yeah I mean you gotta I'll protect you your want. kids but do what, do what you want even including ruining after earth <laughs> I mean, come on. That's one of those. It's written, in, it's written by a guy whose stuff I who's, who I know whose stuff. But it I was, like. a, but Shyamalan. Well, Shyamalan, Shyamalan it up. I forget. There is, there is some something's written somewhere about who ruined it. But it's like, you it's, know, like it was like Will Smith even came out and said like, well, why didn't you take the part in Django Unchained that was written for you? He's like, he's not the star. Yeah, he's because he's, he's like because he says that uh, Christoph Waltz's character kills Leonardo DiCaprio, which makes him the star. I'm like, no, Django you, does more things and stars in it more petty, and has more scenes. There, but the, yeah, you'd ruin you wouldn't ruin the movie, but like that's kind of an important thing that Christoph Waltz like gives up his life to yeah. kill. Spoilers for Django Unchained, <laughs> but you guys should just watch. Why haven't you watched that movie yet? It's on Netflix. I just watched it again recently. I, I watched this weekend. God damn, Inglorious Bastards. Movie. Yeah. You know what my favorite part of Inglorious Bastards is mm-hmm. that. Even though, even though he goes back in time all that far, and it's World War II, mm-hmm. I think the most compelling scene of the movie is still just them like talking shit about a movie, which is King Kong <laughs> discussing King Kong and, and yeah. the themes of King Kong. I was like, this is still the like this is what you do in all your other films, and He's you go so back to the forties, you still fucking do it. Like yeah. that's why he had to go back in Django Unchained before movies even exist. Mm-hmm. Though they still have to say, oh, you remind me of this story I heard in Germany. So it's still the power of stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Jane Smith, they say, might play Static Shock. Who is Static? A character I'm not terribly invested in. Yeah, well, he was a 90s character creation of mm-hmm. Milestone Comics, which was a really interesting experiment in the early 90s where... DC decided to have a predominantly uh, minority uh, starring superhero universe. It was his own universe, the Milestone universe, where most of the heroes were either black or Latino they really had or had their Asian. own Negro League. Let's no, it was it was a positive thing. Right. It was its own imprint. Just, it wasn't it as long wasn't as you don't come into our comics, it's okay. Yeah, look, in the nineties it seemed very positive and an important uh-huh. thing. And it and it was written by like the good intentions, I suppose. Yes. And and it was written by like two I know Christopher Priest worked on it, who's one of the major, mm-hmm. co- like, probably the most prominent black writer in super comics the, history. Uh, he also wrote the the film, the, pre- the he wrote the book Prestige, which the film The Prestige. No, no, it's another comic he did. It was... Well, he did Black Panther, which is one of my favorites. Okay. He rules a Black Panther, which is a job he didn't want to take for the longest time. He's like, ah, yeah, I know, I'm the black guy. Don't hire me it. for Black Panther, I all right? It. And, but Static Shock was 
basically the Spider-Man mm-hmm. of the Marvel of the Milestone mm-hmm. universe. He was the young guy who got powers and was learning to use them. He had a gay best friend, and so that was which in 1992 DC. I d- I d- what? I disagree with it even more. Well, also like the uh, one of the main Milestone characters mm-hmm. had a had a, a had a young lady sidekick mm-hmm. who is an, uh, like 16 and pregnant. And that was also like what? What a Rush Limbaugh think of this yeah. thing? Like it's crazy. It was crazy at the time. Uh, but then Static got his own um, Warner cartoon show, which when compared to Batman Beyond and Batman the Animated Series mm-hmm. does not look as good. I've but never seen kids it. kids enjoyed it. It just well, is he I didn't part of the Teen his, Titans now. Uh, you know that I'm not sure about what his current status is. He got to have his own book when the new Fifty Two started. Yes, and I, it didn't last very long. Yeah, it got canceled pretty quickly. But I I think it came pretty recommended by a yeah, couple people. I recall on that too. So it's definitely the if type, only it was discounted from the time it was released and canceled, which it is not. It is still valued as a brand new comic. But it's the type of it definitely feels like the type of thing Jaden Smith would star in. I'd mm-hmm. like to see him give it a shot. I don't Seems know to who give a shit his like, Batman uh, prom outfit. Yeah, prove that. And I don't know what other like they'd have to just find an unknown i can't think of another famous young black male actor under the age of 17 like are there uh, any? there's that guy who's already playing human torch no i got nothing i got nothing <laughs> he's he's in his mid-20s what i already look i'm pretty sure he well same I'm with sure like the guy from well what i guess they could but get so another guy from attack the block the, just would, the one who's not in star Jaden wars smith would be by the time they start filming we shall see nobody wants an actual teen yeah, in a teen role the, uh, well, that's why I'm looking forward to they can actually get Asa Butterfield mm-hmm. as Spider-Man. He literally will be high school aged playing mm-hmm. Spider-Man. I've heard it's confirmed. I thought. Oh, okay, so me, it has not been truly confirmed. Oh. And then a bunch of suic- more Suicide Squad leaks came, yes. including some shared with me by a couple of our regular listeners who live in Toronto because that's where they're filming. Of course, they said like, "Oh, my friend filmed this, and it was shots of Joker's sweet ass Lamborghini yeah. driving down the street." And in one of them. He's getting. It's clearly going to be sped up when in the film. Sure, it's so it, it slow. Is, it's going like 10, fifteen miles an hour. He's being chased by the Batmobile. Yes, and then there were even shots of like Batman riding on the Joker's car, like a oh, dude really? in a Batman costume jumping on top of Joker's car. So it would seem that in the film you will have a flashback or something to show the Joker getting taken down by Batman before he goes to jail. I, I would like to thank uh, our old buddy Brian Ward, basically the designer of the uh, Laser Time website. Oh, the arts, not the not the layout. That's all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he photoshopped me into the car with a license plate that reads FART. Oh, that's great. I, oh, I saw that. That was great. <laughs> but, okay, so getting into the comic book news, mm-hmm. there's rumors that Superman and Wonder Woman are headed for Splitsville. No, dish, Henry, dish. <laughs> well, they've been together for such a long time now in the comics. Uh, all the like whole year. Three years, Whoa, I'd say. Really? It's, it's been three years? They got to, well, they got together in like Justice League 11 or 10. So they haven't been read together that yet. A long, they've been together a long time at least two years but apparently they're breaking up it makes me think that they are going to stick Superman with Lois Lane even though Lois Lane revealed his identity Mm -hmm. I think that will surprisingly make them closer instead of farther apart look at the damage you wrought lady I'd give it up (laughs) then also so this was uh, what I teased before one of my most expected comics Mm mm-hmm I'm really looking forward to this. In September, issue number one, Jughead, number one, by Chip Zdarsky coming up. Mm -hmm. And there's an exclusive interview about it uh, with Chip. He revealed who the regular artist is going to be. 
and it is Erica Henderson, mm-hmm. the artist on Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Awesome. So the artist on Unbeatable Squirrel Girl working with the writer That's of awesome. Howard the Duck to make Jughead. This like, is awesome. That is, oh, that is um, incredible. That is an incredible combo. It tells me that Unbeatable Squirrel Girl mm-hmm. maybe isn't going to be around much longer. I hope they at least just get a new artist, though. Erica Henderson's art is mm-hmm. incredible. Like I like it. It's, it's so it's, distinctive. It's, it's so great. I would hate to see her leave the that, book. That's not even a compliment. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but it, I do. That, I like it for that reason. It's mm-hmm. like when I when I had to pick, before I got into Marvel cards, the comics I would pick, to, pick out to read looked like, that's what the art looked. Like. Yeah, I, I I like the cartoony style better than the realistic style. Mm-hmm. Um, so I <laughs> yeah, but Chip Zdarsky on Jughead. I just, yeah, oh, can't wait. Oh man, does he like to eat? <laughs> he loves hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in some bad news, so there were uh, stories of no. uh, you heard of this too? X Men figurines and statues Somebody getting canceled. Broke that on the stream, and I was like yeah. legitimately bummed. Well, um, yeah. So there's this the company XM Studios, mm-hmm. who they did a couple really cool sculpts recently. One of them. Magneto that I just love the look of. And when you see it, like when I saw that Magneto figure a while ago, I thought, oh, this shows Marvel isn't canceling X-Men stuff. They let this go out. Then XM announces that they they showed off these cool sculpts in the last month of a Sentinel fighting the X-Men, which mm-hmm. looks amazing. This one of, of Cable, which looked really cool. And they said, these are on indefinite hold. We can't say why, but we're not doing them now. We're, we have to wait. And so people have inferred, yeah, Marvel canceled it because they don't want it coming because it will probably come out alongside Age of Apocalypse next year and they don't want that. It was just that the rumor I heard was a cancellation in China. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And having a rudimentary knowledge now after a previous job of like... How long it takes to make things. How long it makes to take physical things. Mm. Uh, speaking of which, your coins are being made right now, people. Hang tight, hang tight. If That's terrible because that's usually about a year or two before yeah. uh, they ship over... Sometimes a year or two before they ship overseas. So that is a... Mm. Holy shit. Because you, you, you had some optimism. Like, it's just this one line of stuff. Yeah, but it like, seems to be a my lot. My favorite Marvel merch is always Thing stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I love the thing. I love it the really, thing. It's really too bad that Marvel's withdrawing that stuff. Stuff, just, it feels like they're kind of using it as you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're as a threat of like, okay, fine, we just won't make this stuff. We won't advertise a thing that we don't own. So you guys can either help us or we won't help you at all. I predict that will happen anyway. They're playing hardball. Well, I, I cannot imagine the Fantastic Four film being more successful than Amazing Spider-Man Two, and that was so unsuccessful. Sony was like, okay, let's deal. I bet this Fantastic Four film won't do good enough, mm-hmm. and that it will be more possible that Fox will at least say. Okay, Fantastic Four. You mm-hmm. want it? Let's talk. They're never going to give up X-Men. I bet that. Or that'll take 30 years. I think years you're wrong about that. I think I... Because the interesting thing about Amazing Spider-Man, the deal they had to reach, is because those movies were technically on the books successful, but not successful enough to hold to such a degree. Mm. Like, they had to spend a lot of money on a character they weren't going to make all the merchandising rights on and weren't going to own wholly. Uh, had to pay all this money to make this movie happen. And then, yeah, they made their money back, but, like, it wasn't the billion-dollar empire it was in the early 2000s. Right. The X-Men is going to be the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Especially if, if Mar- like, the, the root of it, Marvel... I can Marvel see- still has it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they want to pull out on the comic end and diminish their roles in the story in the books, that will seriously hurt the power of an X Men film, yeah. especially if like Apocalypse is gearing up to be an end well, to a certain I, arc. 
And I think... Wolverine is done. I think Marvel is looking at this as in the long-term thing. If, if they can diminish the X-Men for an entire generation, mm-hmm. and that's just yes. a, a whole bunch of kids. Like, it's not who that are hard the, to do. Yeah. Five more years of this? Yeah. They're just like, oh yeah, kids don't know who the X-Men are. They, our generation knows the X-Men as being more popular than the Avengers. Mm-hmm. But the longer you keep going, I'm like, oh yeah, who's this Wolverine guy? I don't know. I hope it doesn't have to come to that. But, but I, I, I mean, do Mar- have- but I think Marvel thinks once they get it back, they can build them back up and make them as important even, as they used to be. Even before like the full cast was revealed for Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. the cast of Apocalypse, like uh, Days of Future Past, like that's insane. How do you pay all those salaries for one it's movie? That's a insane. lot of people. And how do you how do you obligate them to do anything more than that? You're gonna you're gonna lose your shirt. <laughs> Fox, lo- what, part of my language, but they're gonna lose their shirt. I also wonder if it'll just take either Rupert Murdoch or Ike Perlmutter mm-hmm. stepping down from their roles or becoming too aged for them, and that people with cooler heads will have these conversations. I still, I still hold to it with uh, something I read regarding Watchmen. I know I've mentioned this before, but like Fox vaguely having the rights at some point, and the, the they sue the Watchmen movie three weeks before it comes out. <laughs> yes. So the 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 insiders look at that was like. You knew this movie was being made forever. Mm-hmm. You don't really have any license to do this, but you might legally be able to get away with it. And you're doing it three weeks beforehand, so they'll just pay you to shut They're up. Basically, just holding it for ransom because like, you have, as Fox, this long-standing movie studio. You have no properties of your own to exploit, which seems crazy. Because you had Aliens and Predator, which really I didn't even expect to be as good and successful as it was. It's shocking. It's the last two. How did they? How did they? I don't know, but it's it is excellent. But what they did have is Die Hard shit, which they're running into the ground. Has no more good faith surrounding for the movies. Nobody cares anymore. Well, neither do the Predator movies for the most part. Well, Alien could be about to run out. There are way more bad Alien movies now than there are good ones. We'll see what Neil Blomkamp can do. Probably something that. cool. I have faith in the dude. I haven't seen Chappie yet, but I don't understand that. I think people were victims of that dude's own hype. He is still yeah. an inimitable, inimitable voice in the auteur space. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't care if Elysium wasn't that good. I bet it was better than almost any sci-fi movie that came out that year. Yeah, though Mad Max was one of those type of films that you just oh, feel like, oh, every other movie's a joke. Like, yeah. why aren't the... Then speaking of oh. Mad Max... Somebody says they have the means to do a documentary on George Miller's canceled JLA I heard JLA about that, film. yeah. They want to do it. Not unlike that Death of, the yes, death of Superman which I'm dying to see. About. It didn't come to theaters here. It was like, I need to go to more movies and theaters. What do I start with in like, this movie? The Death of Superman Lives... Mm. Colon, what happened? What a terrible title! Not the best title. Uh, but I, that seems... guy, that guy had a Comic Con booth right next to the Rick and Morty booth. Did he? Yeah. So I saw him, but I didn't talk to him because I hadn't heard of it. I'm so excited about yeah. that movie. That footage I saw of Nick Cage in that suit. Like, so yeah, oh, the George baffling. Miller, George Miller making a JLA. Yeah. This was before. This was when we took George Miller for granted, and people would just see like. Oh, yeah, the Happy Feet guy is making JLA. That'll be garbage. Yes. But it was in 2008, was w- and it was so close. It, they cast people. It also, Army Hammer yeah. was going to be Superman. It also killed uh, Fury Road. Uh, Mel Gibson starring Fury yeah, Road. Yeah. I think we so lucked out there. We lucked out in two cases. Yeah. and but So they made costumes. They cast people. They were ready to film it. But it was killed by, like, two big things, apparently. Mm-hmm. One was that the writer's strike happened. Mm-hmm. And two... Was it Christopher Nolan finally was able to swing around his balls enough and say, you don't get to have two Batman. There's only one Batman while I'm making these movies, and it's my Batman. I bet, I bet he was probably uncomfortable. I don't think he... I, don't, I can't imagine him throwing his weight around like that, but I think somebody also made the wise decision of... We're doing, it is confusing. We're doing Batman right now. If you throw everything at the wall right now mm. and fail, you have fucked this whole franchise yeah. forever. You and, fucked up the thing that'll the, make a billion and dollars. And the course was, like, man, we'll do another Batman movie. 
movie and we'll make Green Lantern and Man of Steel. And they did. It, and that, that went the way it went. I'm not, I remember we're on record for loving Green Lantern and kind of not liking Man yeah, of Steel. Yeah, we should do a commentary for that too, man. I'm afraid I to watch it again. To but I bought it. I own it on fucking Blu-ray for some reason. Did you just want the costume I for did. Batman? I did. That's what it was. It was the Arkham, uh, Arkham City A fool costume. and his money, I tell you. You're I, giving no, me this speech? I, I knew that as I said it. But yeah, <laughs> I was just remembering when both of us had regular paychecks. We're like, yes. I'll just buy garbage. Who cares? Yeah. This would make me feel better for two seconds. Somebody about that. Well, because I took that shot of the Vinylmations. Uh-huh. People were like, later time donations at work. Like, no, you, fuck you. No. That, I gave this shit up years ago. But Heidi was reminding me of that because she was... Your she, girlfriend. She, yeah, she was watching me spend money. And it's like, when you work really hard at something you don't like, mm-hmm. this is the only thing that makes seeing life worthwhile. Especially when Buy you work stuff, in, yeah. in the games industry where it's like, it doesn't seem like a big deal. I think mm-hmm. if I worked in an office well, and, and I'm like, I'm blowing money on action figures well, and Well, because everybody's got toys and you're in the yeah. middle of... Con- like, you're in a consumer job. Yeah. Like, your job's about consuming. It Though, didn't so seem is weird. this job, technically. And I look, I look back on like this shit in my room, like what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, I've been selling off some things. I do I've not, I did not have things. the disposable income to do this, but I was able to justify it through my line of work. Mm-hmm. This is important to my line of work. And well, lastly, two bits of news. Speaking of Fox mm. and their search for Fox their search Fox. for things. Uh, so first, Ryan Reynolds is teasing that he really wants a Wolverine cameo in the Deadpool yeah. movie. I think that'd be great. I just, I mean, Hughes in Wolvie shape right now. Like he's filming his well, own Wolvie film. It's just that I mean. It's not like he's like a Tony Stark. You don't have to go in a suit and get in front of a green screen or yeah. be shirtless. You can just be Logan. You, you don't pull, have to pull out claw one. You can go you first class to. style. Totally. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. Say one word. And then the other one, which is very confusing news that... You should have... Hugh Jackman oh, yeah. should have the fucking George Harrison Simpsons line. Ah, it's been done. <laughs> it's, we, tried, we tried to make a Deadpool already. What yes. the hell? Or maybe he'll say, oh, you don't look as stupid as you did before. <laughs> Uh, if they goof on X-Men Origins Wolverine in in the Deadpool movie, I will really appreciate that. That movie's fucking terrible. You guys should get guys get the commentary track for that because re-exploring that film with us, I think that's one of my favorite ones we ever recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, lastly, Fox says they want to try again with a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen film. I did hear that, yes. Ridiculous. Like, that film was trash and who? nobody in America reads books. Sorry. But I also, those are all public domain characters. Characters. Yeah. How did Alan Moore let the rights to that book go to film? He just would assign him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll just take the check." And then they were just so bad that he—I think he's still sticking to this. But over ten years ago, mm-hmm. he said, that "Fuck movie's... it, you can license these things, but give my cut of the money to the artist. I don't want this fucking money." Okay. Like so, that's what he's been doing since then. I know he did that with V for Vendetta. Yeah, and, and Watchmen. And so, yeah, I mean, League will probably just be that again. And hey, if he's getting the artist rich, good for that artist, man. Like, I suppose. It's about, but I don't know why. I, I do I do like... I haven't even read it that much. Of the, the, I just love the premise. The books premise. are incredible. I love the, I love the books. I All love right, the I'll get, books. I'll get back to it. But okay, so yeah, it's just it seems ridiculous to be like, oh, this thing really failed, and it's about characters no one in America has heard of. Why? Like, nobody knows who Alan Quartermain is here. Even if you put <laughs> Mina... If you put Mina Hark in it. Like, no, I it's know like, Captain Nemo. They know yeah, Captain Nemo. They do know. I him. do. I don't know if anybody else cares, but they might. That might at least make them feel fuzzy. Though, see, they actually cast in that film. They actually cast like 
an Indian man as Captain Nemo instead of of James Mason. Makes a lot more sense. Yes. All right, so community time. Oh, boy. Uh, So first off, I got some extra ones before the question of the week questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So first, Sean K. brought up, uh, we were all talking about the rides Mm -hmm. and uh, the Justice League rides, all these Six Flags rides. So first off, Sean K. says, when I was a kid, the live-action Batman show at Six Flags was incredible for for a kid to experience. Though not a ride, it was awesome. I would like to see a Mr. Freeze slip and slide or water slide Ooh. into some ice cold water. That'd be good. That would be good. Did somebody inform me that the uh, Warner Brothers Park I spoke of in Germany lost the Warner Brothers license? Oh, my bad. My mistake. Uh, JJB Sterling appreciated that you hate Despicable Me just like him. He says I, that, I, wish, I wish I didn't. I gave he, it a fair shake. I just didn't like the first one. Maybe he the says they're better. loved for being cute alone and have no actual substance. I, I have, but I have seen the minions do funnier things in commercials yeah. than in the first movie. That was Pancake commercials. Yes. Uh, so here is the big one. I need a better username. Said I've been to the Warner Brothers Movie World theme park in Germany. You're talking Ooh. about. Thing is, it isn't a Warner Brothers theme park anymore. Oh, no. Now it's just called Movie World. <laughs> so the never-ending story ride with the Falcor has been changed to Mystic River without Champagne. <laughs> and with is some that my drag luck dragon. And it just has gnomes and fairies and some horses with a carrot around on their head. The Gremlin Dark Ride is now a Van Helsing ride. Yeah. Back to the Future is just called Time Machine, starring a German-speaking John Cleese. Which is what? Oh, well, he knows language. You've seen those uh, German episodes of Monty Python, good dork? There was a joke on Family Guy, which is more true than not, which is like, oh, they were torturing Meg by showing her the 90%... 95% of Monty Python sketches that aren't funny. And we all remember the great ones. Sure. And then there are some that they just made to annoy you or to waste your time. Some of the, some of them, I just... I love that. I actually love that. It makes... I only make that joke. I love that I know that because mm-hmm. my favorite thing in the universe was Comedy Central when it kind of was first getting going. Yeah. And they broadcast this to all holy hell. We're going we're gonna to show the director's cut of Holy Grail with a new scene you haven't seen before. And I don't know how they did it or where it came from, but it's just like there's one scene in the movie and then the, the woman actor turns to the camera and is like, can you believe they cut this out of the movie? Oh, yeah. I remember like, that. What the I, fuck? And then it's like, and we're also going to premiere the German Monty Python episodes. And the deal was, and like, I love these old media tales. Germany liked Monty Python so much, they wanted them to make something for the, the nation of Germany. So paid them to remake their sketch in German and they all spoke German. Wow. And there's some original sketches in there, but a lot of it is just reshot for shot and cheap material Boy. spoken in German when I wow. guess... Cleese... Even that one with the German joke about the the, the world's funniest that. joke? That's one of my favorites. I, I don't know, know about all that. Uh, sorry, there's two more that he says too. The Wild Wild Rest roller coaster is now just a western-themed coaster. Oh, that's And fine. the Eraser roller coaster what? is just a roller coaster. The Eraser Your eraser. luggage. I remember nothing else from that movie. Your luggage. Your luggage. I remember him jumping through an airplane, I think. And there's a big, like, yeah, yeah, skydiving part. But anyway, so last week's question of the week was, what ride would you want to see made of a comic book based Ooh. on the Justice League ride? Uh, so John Wahizzle, our good bro, John Wahizzle. Just put up his review of Old Man Logan, number one, and Fight Club 2 Ooh. on LazerTimePodcast.com. Uh, John Wahizzle says, it's always baffled me that Six Flags doesn't have an Arkham Asylum ride, especially yeah. for their Halloween nights. Yeah. A Haunted Mansion ride tour through yeah. Arkham with actors as villains would be awesome. Yeah, what the fuck? That, that seems like great. such a no-brainer and unlike anything going on in con- comic continuity like the Arkham stuff is kind of evergreen. Well, and now that the, the games have, I think, made Arkham way famouser yeah. too. Triscuitable says an invincible ride where at the Ooh. very end the underpay 
teenager in charge of the ride is blown up indiscriminately. <laughs> Where's that going to happen? Knott's Berry Farm? Some that would sub- be good. I'd like that. Uh, Hitler me this, Batman says. A ride called Become Batman, where you walk down a dark alley and a man shoots your parents. <laughs> Banquo's stepson says, I want an irredeemable or invincible where you're in a car that is trying to escape the destruction of a massive superhero fight. Mm-hmm. Having people and or bodies flying all around you, buildings toppling over, superheroes duking it out. It would end with the villain vi- vaporizing the riders and everyone getting off in darkness. Vaporized? Don't mind if I do. A trash can, mm. says. A bizarro roller coaster yeah. that went backwards and slow. It wouldn't be fun or exciting, but it would be accurate. And that's all that really matters, right? It am terrible. And this is my favorite one. Death by Snoo Snoo says... A Batman log ride fall, uh, you know, Batman log ride mm-hmm. that splits in half at the bottom, much like Batman's spine in the hands of Bane. <laughs> so over like a, a large Bane knee? You would be in Batman's back and then <laughs> break on Bane's knee. Bonus, you can have Bane taunt you as you as the ride slowly climbs up. Yeah. I like that. The splash must be more severe. <laughs> I didn't know what would give out first. Ah, <laughs> oh, that Tom Hardy man. Oh, I think all of us would have sex with Tom Hardy if he asked. Yeah, right? for sure. Absolutely. He's a good looking man. Go see Bronson. You see his dingling a lot. Mm-hmm. Also, he's a really good. If you're if you want to see him as a as a handsome gay man, he plays handsome Bob in Rock and Roller, and he's really. I have not. That's, I have not seen that guy Richie film. It's I'd really give it up on the guy. It, for late, for okay, so Richie post swept away. I think it's his best film. Mm-hmm. Way better than this Sherlock shit. That is garbage. I hate those movies. Yeah. All right, new question of the week. With all those things breaking, so shitting on, I shit on those Sherlock movies because the show is so great. It was yeah. happening concurrently. But okay, so with all this talk of the Suicide Squad film set being broken into, yes. what super film set do you wish you could have snuck onto? Any superhero film that's ever happened, which one would you wish you could have? snuck onto i will start off please and uh i think i would really want to be on the set of a fiasco like one a a filming that went terribly wrong and i think that would be the catwoman i would love (laughs) to be on the set of catwoman seeing people give direction to cat to halle berry like no act more like a cat and just halle berry like walking around in that costume and realizing like i look ridiculous (laughs) like this this is terrible can't we redo the costume We can't? Oh. Uh, I I very, very vaguely remember when I was a very young, very young lad. Like, um, the Superman movie came out before I was born. Yeah. Uh, but its tagline was, you will believe a man can fly. Because in a time of practical effects, nobody... People were so positive you can't make it look like he's flying it'll look like george reeve just yes standing sideways it'll look ridiculous and they did and like i remember like science shows and like pbs like discussing here's how they made superman and like behind the scenes apparatuses were like fucking insane like these huge cranes to lift christopher reeve up in the air lots of physical effects yeah uh it was it it looks so fucking cool and some of those scenes like a lot of them are really hokey but a lot of them are Beautifully shot in the original Superman film. Yeah, I love that. So you'd want to be on the set. You'd also get to see the... uh... But like a long shot of like a a man flying and then coming down to land on his feet. Like that shit, it never even happens in the new Superman film. Well, you also get to see the the crazy producers arguing with Richard Donner saying like, you can't spend this much money. You can't spend this much. And you'd also get to see Marlon Brando like probably like waddle on to set like, man, what is this now? 
Yeah, that, you get that, you that get has, two takes. That has it. and it has the Salkinds involved. Yeah, and, the Salkinds. They're they're nutty. They're fucking nuts. And they're only the canon. As, as you heard, you guys they're, not, they're not the same as the canon people. No, no, I'm saying only the canon people are crazy. Yes. I'd say, but who made Superman four? Yes. you guys got to listen to our worst superhero movies. Seriously, podcast. like I, 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 oh man, I cannot wait for that Electric Boogaloo documentary of canon oh, films. I, yeah. I, I don't know what's taking so long. I got to see it. That and the super, the death and the death of Superman lives. What yeah. happened? That's this week question of the week Ooh. you can answer that in the forums and we'll read our favorites next week on the show there'll be a link to it on the episode page on lasertimepodcast.com which is also where you'll find a bunch of more stuff we've been writing you gotta read my ranked list That's of right. every stanley thing and tell your friends tell your friends hey there's more stuff being written on this laser time website we should yeah, check this out share it every once in a while if you see it on your facebook follow us on facebook and i do want to yeah, plug follow us uh, on facebook we, laser time uh the show which this week we're talking um the best David of David Letterman. Letterman. It's it's a good look at Letterman, even if you were like, because I I've always said I'm a Conan guy. That's what I grew up in. But my dad introduced me to Letterman because mm-hmm. he was just in love with him. Um, if you're, yeah, that is the thing with Letterman. Is, if you're in your early 30s, you came to Letterman late, if at all. He was and then coasting, everybody younger than that is like, who's Letterman? That he he in the disguise of a normal person put a shitload of weird weirdness on TV and changed what comedy was after 10 p.m. forever. Yeah, uh, that's that is definitely something. Attributed to Letterman, and it's something you wouldn't remember if you have watched the shows. I'd say within the last twenty years, he's not. He's just coasting. He's, he's most famous for being grumpy. But Laser Time just premiered on Spotify. Whoa! Uh, it, it was lucky. We're at the top of the gaming section. I don't yeah. care why. It, like it would do. It, like I could. Say, we're not being paid for that. People were like, "How much are they getting paid for this shit?" Because I don't know why that's something people want to get mad about or speculate. We're I wish they were paying. Yeah, we're not getting paid anything. There's no, there's no ads on it or anything. Um, it's just a, reaching a bigger audience and kind of maybe to help us out and show spot like show Spotify that people like us follow us on there if you're a Spotify user I can it, it, yeah it's not me plug I wasn't plugging the Spotify service however I did use it I'm normally a uh, podcast Apple person yeah Spotify is way better it holds your place on multiple podcasts for days mm, that's pretty good. Uh, it's, pretty good it works much better yeah well I, I stopped using Spotify for music because mm-hmm. I I have an Amazon Prime subscription mm-hmm. and Amazon music is really good but if you if you have I had the app, had never seen it, never used it ever, and found out that I have a premium subscription, and I never gave them any access to my money. Over Spotify? How did that happen? Yes, that I might have been paying for this the whole time. Hmm. Uh, I I haven't seen the bill, so I I could be wrong, but it says premium account. Like, what the fuck does that mean? I never agreed to pay for any of this shit. But yeah, so tell your friends to check it out on Spotify and follow Laser Time on Spotify. I was the 16th follower. Attaboy, Hank. Uh, We're almost up to 50 as of this. Uh, But it's it's just, uh, yeah, help us out. Make us look uh, big in the eyes of Spotify. Yeah, sure. We look, guys. Me and Chris are going. We're we're balls deep into Laser Time right now. We mm-hmm. need your support. Like, just just tell a friend, share mm-hmm. share it with people. Do it, it one of those things. I, yeah. People were giving me shit about where are the Japan videos. I'm like, I said, if anybody shared them. One person, just one person, and none of you did. That's all you had to do. That was your gate to getting more of them. So I'm not going to waste a week on something a thousand people will watch. Uh, also, lasertime.bandcamp.com, guys. Let me yes. tell you. And tell me on Twitter I, if you want to see a commentary for the the Supergirl pilot. I will do one. Sorry, I will waste ask. a week on something a thousand people will watch. It just but it's going bad. to take a while, and I'm going to need to find an opening. I'm not, it's not a priority. No, it is not. Mm-hmm. But uh, but what is a priority is this week I recorded. I I was also on this week's VGM VGM file. 
was on this week's VG Empire, uh, which Vigigame was Toshinden, oh, yes. which was amazing. And that was on the first segment of VG Game Apocalypse, where we talked about Adra Games, which goes great with the stream we did this week of Pepsi, <laughs> Pepsi Man. Man. You guys should have watched Pepsi it. We stream Man. Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. You guys mm-hmm. should be watching that, but you can catch him on the Laser Time YouTube page, which, hey, you should be a subscriber to that, too. Indeed. I am plugging so much, my throat is about I to know, give I know. Let's out. go. LaserTimePodcast.com. <coughs> oh, boy. Glad I don't know how to Yes. Anymore. <laughs> All right, and until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior.